Did you ever feel like you missed the memo on navigating midlife? Me too. I realized there's so many parts of midlife no one talks about. That's why I created the Empowered Midlife Playbook. Who doesn't want a guidebook for midlife? Truthfully, it's what I wish I always had. The Empowered Midlife Playbook is a no-nonsense, hilariously honest journey into midlife, tailor-made for warrior women like you who are ready to take control and redefine midlife. It's an eight-episode private podcast series with me that covers everything from redefining success post-40 to embracing empty nesting and the physical and emotional changes with a healthy dose of humor. It even comes with its own workbook. Each episode is empowering you to navigate midlife with confidence. You'll learn how to set boundaries with style, ditch guilt and shame, and prioritize yourself in ways you never thought possible. So if you're ready to turn midlife into your most empowering era, this playbook is for you. Let's transform midlife together. This is not our mother's midlife. It's time for an empowered midlife. And this is all for you for free. Just click the link in my bio. Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. This is a season of a lot of grief a time when we experience a lot of regret. But I wanna encourage you today. It's never too late. You're never too old. Maybe you think you have too many dragons to fight, that you've been through too much to heal. My guest today is a living example of what it's like to keep going, to live into your possibilities and find your calling. Being able to tap into the root of what's holding you back, to develop a mental fierceness that's required to survive, can start with just a whisper. A whisper of knowing you gotta keep going. If you're feeling like nothing ever works out for me or too many bad things have happened, if you feel like you're struggling and on the edge, this story will inspire you to hold on and look for even that little tiny shimmer of light. We're talking about everything today, from intimacy to somatic healing to microdosing and why tapping into the wisdom, knowing, and sensations in our bodies is one of the keys to healing. I want to encourage you, inspire you, and give you some hope today. I'm sending you so much love. All right, everybody, today on the show, Po Hong Yu. She is a transformational guide, a somatic healer, an intimacy coach, a spiritual advisor, and the host of the Tao of Po podcast. She guides midlife women into reclaiming their body, their juiciness, and their authentic self so that they can live unapologetically in their full expression and joy and courageously follow their deepest desires. The foundation of her teachings are based in Taoism, body wisdom, and the practice of surrender. Ooh, Tao, surrender. Her experience as an acupuncturist brings a holistic approach to her work where she integrates the physical, emotional, mental, and energetic realms. Her offerings range from online group programs 
to private bespoke offerings. All of Pohang's work is devoted to the remembrance of who we are and living from that place. Well, that sounds fucking juicy, Poe. So let's do this, Queen. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. My goodness. We love each other. We're like newly in love. Like we just like, we fell in love fast too. We were like, let's take this conversation off to the side and see what's happening. Yes. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you are juicy as fuck. And so am I. So it's extra juicy. (laughs) Extra juicy. And by the way, I know where you live because I saw it on your interview questionnaire. And I'm not going to say where you live because I don't want to like just give everything away, but I will be visiting your area. And so I will be sending you the dates because I would die to meet you in person. Die. Hell yes. I can't wait. Okay. All right. So before we go on with our love affair for the next like hour, let's, 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 let's get into it. I'm really, really curious about you. Like you, you know, we both work with midlife women, but we're in a little bit of like a different lane, like the where, the where we're, we we have a lot of crossover, but there's like different things that you do that I don't do. So like this really like excites me to death. Um, But first I want to know, like, you've had a, you've had a big life. Like, and when I say big, I mean, you've had trauma, you've had, you've had a lot of experience behind the work that you do, which makes you really able to really help women transform because you've been through a lot of this yourself. So I want to just kind of give you the floor to tell me what really led you to this work. I know that's a big question, but what led you to the work that you're doing now? Mm, Yeah. I mean, it is absolutely my path. Like I, you know, as a child was depressed had identity issues, multiple rape survivor. You know, I hated being Chinese. Like there was such self-hatred and shame living inside of me. And I lived like that for a long time. Like I didn't know how to get out of it. And I was pretty much just like suffering and stuck for a couple of decades, starting around 13, 12 years old. And I tried to commit suicide when I was around 13. So I was in a very, very self-destructive, dark place. So I, I know what shadow work is, right? Like I know what lives in the darkness, like all the dragons that are living in there and having to face them. And I realized during a lot of the times in the darkness, when I thought I was doing the work, I wasn't necessarily doing the work because I thought, oh, I'm an emotional person. And I wasn't actually tapping into my power. And I believe the emotions are something so powerful. Like we can transform it and let it move through us. And that actually creates space for us to do our work and move through the world embodied, etc. But the way I was living was like perpetually creating suffering for myself, like really in my head, swampy, you know, just like in victim consciousness, the whole nine yards, like you name it, like addiction issues, lost 30,000 online gambling in my late 20s. Like you, you, I did it all. I did it all, you guys. You've done it all. (laughs) And you know what? A lot of people would be like, that sounds horrible. But for me, I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Only because I feel like that level of experience, like, listen, (laughs) 
I feel like for years I would never tell the story of the fact that I don't speak to my sister and actually I'm disconnected from my sister. I'm also disconnected from my father, which is not by choice, by his choice, but I chose to disconnect from my sister. And I felt so much shame about that for so many years. And the minute I started telling people that that was like happening, people would be like, either they would say, oh my God, tell me how to do this. I need to do this for me. Or they would say, oh my God, like, I did that. Like, I don't talk to my mom anymore. I don't talk to my dad anymore. I had to set that boundary. So I'm sure that when you reveal some of these things, people feel relieved in a big way because they say, oh my God, fuck, I'm not the only one that's been through this or this or this, right? That's part of, I feel like what makes you this amazing healer is that you have had some of these experiences. So really like nothing's off the table for you. Absolutely. And in addition to that, I made it to the other side. So I show people what is possible. Like I didn't, I honestly did not know that I could be happy. I remember just like thinking that I was going to die unhappy and it's absolutely not true. Like that, there was this thing inside of me that just was like, don't give up. Like no matter what, even if I'm crawling, you know, just like baby steps, I don't give a shit. Like I'm just going to keep going. And because I felt that desire inside of me, I felt like this fuel and fire that was just like, you got to keep going. It's possible. Like there was this little tiny, it was so tiny. That whisper was so little, but I held on to it like my North star and I just kept going. And, you know, I, when I support women in the process, I'm like, you don't have to go through a couple more decades because you have me, you know what I mean? Like I know the shortcuts. I know how we can just like tap into the root because that really is the thing. And it's about the combination that, you know, you mentioned earlier about me doing work holistically. It is like, I'm a somatic healer. So I help women to get into their bodies and feel because I know what it's like to be disassociated, disconnected, and really afraid to be in my body and not feeling safe in it. But also it's about the mental fierceness, right? Being able to use the mind with it. So it really is that yin and yang flow. Like that Taoism is my foundation. So I always work with the energy of the feminine and masculine. But yeah, it's really my work (laughs) and I embody this work. And so I know what it entails. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I want to just point this out to anybody who's listening right now, because she just mentioned something real. I want to point this out. She said it was a whisper, you know, for, for people who are feeling like nothing ever works out for me. It just doesn't work out for me. I'm not, I don't, I can't be happy. Like I've made too many bad choices. I've done too many shitty things. I've made too many fucking mistakes. Did you hear her say whisper? She didn't say it was just this pull and it just pulled me out of bed every morning. It was a fucking thread that she clung to that actually got her to where she is. So I just want to say that, you know, to anybody who is struggling right now and feeling like they're just on the edge. That's such a great thing to say, Poe, like that it wasn't this huge thing that was pulling you around. It was this little whisper like that some, that it could be okay, right? That, you, that it, it might be okay. Yes. And, you know, I have a story about that. When I mentioned that I lost $30,000 gambling online, blackjack, I literally lost that money probably in like a couple of weeks, right? This was very quick. I was obviously in deep pain and avoidance. And I had had many bottoms up until this point, you know, but this was a moment. And I think for your listeners, like, yeah, we have lots of bottoms and it 
does might not shake us up, right? It might not be the thing that was the thing that will wake you up. But this moment was a moment for me, such a significant pivotal moment because I don't know what it was about. It was different. And I think it was because of this attachment to the money and holy fuck, how could I do that? You know, the shame, the self-judgment and how do I get myself out of this fucking hole? And I literally felt like I was on the floor. Like I wasn't physically, but just like, I just felt like completely done. Like every other time I could like force or control myself to come out of it for a moment, but now I couldn't, I had to fully surrender to this moment. And I saw this vision immediately of me in like a dark tunnel and I couldn't see anything. It's completely black. I'm on the ground, like stuck. And I felt like I can't go on. Like, how am I going to even move through my life right now? But then I looked in the distance and this is all internal, right? I'm, I'm seeing this in my mind's eye. I see a tiny, tiny, like shimmer of light, Liz, like it's so far away. It feels like it's miles away, but there's that tiny little light. And I said, you know what? That's it. I'm going to hold on to this vision of this light and I don't care how long it takes yeah. for me to get there. And so I was laying down and then I took one crawl, right? And then the next crawl and then the next crawl. And then eventually I was able to stand up. And then eventually I was able to walk a little faster Then I could start jogging. It's just like when I started losing weight and I started jogging, I could only run maybe a minute per, you know, at a time. And so eventually <laughs> I'm like, cause I was really out of shape and I was so sedentary cause I was so disconnected from my body because of my sexual traumas. And eventually I was able to do a 5k without stopping, you know? And so it's like that. And, you know, I got to that light, but it took years because I didn't have the support that I needed at that time. It took maybe like seven years. And one day I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm happy. Oh my God, like it actually happened. And so that light is kind of synonymous with that whisper that I mentioned, right? And yeah, so yeah. it was just such a powerful moment and experience for me and a remembrance in that if we are committed and devoted to our heart's desire, our soul's desire, our vision, whatever you want to call it, yeah. anything is possible. You just got to keep going. Yeah. I, I love that story because it's like a shimmer. That's how small, it's like a piece of glitter on the ground. You're like, it's tiny. I want to talk about, we have so many things to talk about. I want to talk about your your culture, your the how your culture has influenced, because I know that your dad, he was a spiritual teacher or a healer. Your dad? He is a, he is a spiritual enlightened teacher. Yeah. So I, I can imagine. <laughs> He's 92 years old, by the way. Oh, God bless him. I can imagine that that is an interesting way to grow up. <laughs> and so even despite that you lived with this, you know, spiritual teacher in your house, you still went through so many things. So tell me about like how your culture plays a part in kind of like your healing journey or kind of what you're doing. Well, just let me back up for a little bit. My dad was actually a Jesuit priest before he met my mom. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, he didn't turn into a Taoist enlightened master teacher until years later. So he was going through his own process, right? Oh, Healing yeah. process. There was issues with him and my mom, just like any other parents. So I felt 
abandonment issues and disconnected. And even though I knew they loved me and they were there for me in other ways, like I started talking to him about energy and spirituality when I was like 12 years old, but still there was things that I didn't get, right? So it wasn't perfect in sunshine growing up. And, but yeah, and my stepdad was a grandmaster of martial arts and a Chinese herbal medicine doctor. Wow. And my mom was a, just a badass bitch, you know? So. <laughs> You come from a long line of badasses. I love it. Yes. And spiritual, energetic workers. And so that really fueled me and it lived in my body, but I didn't get to tap into it later. But in terms of the culture, yeah, we didn't talk about sex, right? I didn't like when I got my period, I didn't, I thought I was dying. I didn't, my mom didn't tell me I was going to get a period. Like I didn't. I didn't, I didn't get a training bra. Like my aunt came to visit one day and she's like, you got to give your daughter a training bra. And I mean, like my mom just oh didn't my know. God, these people. So <laughs> and funny. it makes so much sense. You know, like my mom was just not, she was, she came from another generation, you know, and like a different culture. And at that time it really sucked. And I was so angry at both of them for a long time. I couldn't admit it for a long time. That's, yeah. you know, I do anger alchemy work. And part of my work at the beginning was actually being able to admit that I was angry with them because we love our parents. And it's so hard sometimes to say that we're mad at them, but I did get to that point where I was able to move through that but yeah, it affected me. I, I didn't know anything about my body. I didn't know anything about sex. I learned about sex through Skinamax, you know? Do you remember? Oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We HBO and we were like, oh, is there some nudity here? Okay, now I'm realizing this is what bodies do. Okay, great. Yeah, and I feel like a little tingle. I'm like, what is that? You know, and I couldn't have these conversations with my mom. And I didn't have these conversations with anybody and I didn't feel safe in my body. And then I immediately had my first, you know, sexual trauma at 13, I was a virgin. And so that was my entry point into my sex. And so it was really terrible, but also I'm so grateful for it now that I've been able to transmute it all because I wouldn't be able to teach and do the work that I do now, I'm not trying to bypass all that, but like, I just have gotten to a place where I've forgiven, you know, yeah. but yeah, the culture has had a major impact on my young self. And I noticed also, even though my mom wouldn't shame me for things, I think that just on an energetic generational level, I picked up something in the ethers, right? It wasn't something that she would say. It's just that I could feel inside of myself that it's not okay to be embodied and sexual, you know, it's just like maybe epige epigenetics or something like that. Trauma. Yeah. 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 You, you do so many incredible things. So you talked about, you know, anger, alchemy, you do shadow work. You, I mean, you do a lot of somatics. Microdosing. Microdosing. There, you do a lot of things and, and you have programs, but you also customize if people need customization, which I think everybody does need that. And that's as you go, get older, I think you really crave someone customizing things a little bit to you. I'm realizing that in a lot of the things I do. Tell me about like intim intimacy coach. Like I know that's one of the million things you do, but this is curious to me because a lot of, of women that I'm coaching are not even having sex with their husbands anymore. Now they're married for 20 plus years. But the sex is like kind of just not happening. And 
I think it's something to talk about because, you know, as a recovering neck upper yep. who did not know she even had a body. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, and, and, you know, marriage is marriage, right? Sex can wane. Like, you know, you have times in your life where, you know, like going through menopause, you are just trying to figure out how your body's been hijacked. And so you're just trying to figure out how to get your anything back that you're losing. So that's, that's a thing. But tell me how you, how do you work with people to help them reclaim their body and not just sexually, but, in, but, in, and, and help them with their intimacy? Yeah. I mean, we have to start from the basics, right? The ground up. And so the first step is just feeling your body. <laughs> like so many people in general, not just women, but people are so afraid to feel the sensations in their body. You know, I do a lot of work with sensations and people are like, oh, what, what's that about? Why is that even important? It's so important because a lot of times what happens is we will do anything to avoid feeling the sensations. For example, somebody's anxious, right? They will call these feelings anxiety. They'll label it as that, but really it's just sensations at a, the core level. And so they will like drink, eat, you know, do all the things to distract themselves, to avoid feeling the uncomfortable feelings inside of them, including the emotions. And so the first step is bringing presence and of the space to actually feel like I help people to feel yeah. and then we can go from there, right? Like you can't go to having, you know, intimacy with your partner or reconnecting without being able to feel your body. Yeah. Like that's just a, you know, makes sense when I say that out loud, but I think a lot of people don't realize that on a, on a conscious level, they're not thinking about that. So that's the first step. And, you know, there's multiple things that we can do, but, um, you know, really loving on the body, like listening to the body's wisdom, because a lot of times people are doing things that they think they're supposed to do this neck uppers, right? It's all about the right. control and like the ideas of what is right and wrong versus actually just being in the moment and tapped into that inner knowing and wisdom that lives inside the body and letting that guide them moment to moment. And then when you do that, your needs, you feel that in the moment spontaneously versus, oh, I have to have a checklist. No, you don't. And actually I talked about this with my, my students yesterday. So that's top of mind, but then when we're able to tap into the body's wisdom, we can tap into the other stuff, right? Like the desire, you know? And, but before that, we have to be able to move the emotions through. Because if we have repressed anger or grief in our body, then it's harder to feel that orgasmic energy or the love or the desire that lives underneath it. So there's levels to the work. Yeah, and yeah. It, it comes down to safety first. Yeah, safety first. And you know, it's interesting, like, when you were talking about surrender, you know, like, I remember I was running uh, like a program called back to you is like a little free thing I do. And I put in the little private Facebook group, how do you feel about the word surrender? And people were so fucking triggered by this word. I was like, Oh, my God, like, that word, you know, and I think before I did all the work that I've done, like, and, and more recent work, I think I would think that was a bad word too. Cause to me, it was like, oh, I got to give something up. You mean mm. I got to lay down and just take it? You mean like, you know, it, that word is so triggering for some people, but 
when you realize that surrendering, and I want to have you talk about it because you say that's really the basis of your work. When you talk about surrendering and you know that, that what that is, is actual freedom, because what you're saying is I don't have to know all the answers because guess what? I'm loved and guided and supported. And so the surrender is like, the surrender is just like a giant trust fall, which by the way, you're in it anyway. Mm -hmm. You really don't have any control over shit. <laughs> so like, sometimes it's like, it's funny, right? To think that like, you think you have so much control, you don't. And then when you think about surrendering, it seems so hard, but it's actually harder. It seems to hold on and resist the surrender than it is the actual surrender. Absolutely. And I, right. and <laughs> I love it. And I love your facial expressions. They just make me so happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I'm looking at you because I know you know. I know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think what, what happens so often I see in my clients and from my own personal experience in the past is that we get so comfortable in our suffering. We are addicted to suffering. I mean, there's so many people that are attached to the suffering, and I know this so intimately. I get this. I did this for decades, right? So that's, you know, what happens with the ego. This is just a natural human thing, right? There's nothing to be ashamed of when, we, when I say that. But we have to be aware of that so that we can make a different choice and say, oh, I want something different. I want freedom. I don't want to be a slave to this attachment to suffering, right? Because it's comfortable. It's like a security blanket in a sense. And so when we can see that, then we can say, okay, what is on the other side? And how do I get there? And from my experience, surrender is the key. And that's deep, deep trust in the divine, in yourself, in your connections with others in the process. And for women, you know, this is for all genders, but I work with women mostly, and they have such a hard time receiving, like receiving like is, it's like, what is that? You know, like I want that, but I don't know. And they feel like, you know, cause so many women are conditioned to be hyper-masculine and independent. That was me too. And yeah. so it's like, oh, I have to like be this tough person and, you know, making that equal power, but no surrender to me is power. The ability to receive is power, right? Because it doesn't mean you're giving away your power. It means that you are able to drop in and move from a place of deep knowing of who you are and your boundaries, all the things, right? And yeah. it feels so fucking good to surrender and receive. Like, have you ever had sex and you're like, you're trying to control it and you're trying to people please? Like, you know, I used to perform like in terms of sex, like I try over gave because I was so afraid to actually receive yeah. the level of intimacy I desired or the attention I desired. Right. And to feel good, to feel that pleasure. So I would overcompensate by putting all the attention on them. And, and, and then I'd be resentful because I wasn't getting what I wanted. But when I started practicing softening, because that's really what surrender is in, in another word is like, how can you soften into your body, soften into this moment, soften into your life and allow yourself to take in abundance or goodness or feel good. Like this, like I said, so many of us are or were attached to suffering. So, you know, opening up to feeling good 
is a paradigm shift and can be very scary because it's like, oh, I don't know what's I don't know what's there. There's so much uncertainty and unknown. And also maybe the shoe is going to drop. I'm afraid of what's going to happen if I actually let it feel good. And so this is. Yeah, there's all so much to talk about here. It's a big topic, yeah. And and, and truthfully, you know, you are the shoe, right? Like, it's so funny when people say, I'm the shoe's going to drop. Well, I'm like, you're the shoe, dude. Like, (laughs) you know, like, like, you are the shoe. Like, what do you mean? Like, you, what shoe is dropping on you? Like, there's no shoe. Like, you are the shoe. You you know, you get to choose, you know. And, And also, this is the thing, too. You know, I think about so often all the things I wished and hoped and prayed for that didn't happen that I'm so fucking grateful never happened. Like, thank you fucking God that that did not happen. Right. Or thank you that it didn't happen at the time I said I wanted it, but I was not ready for that at all. And thank God it didn't come till this time. Right. And, and knowing that that's part of the journey, right? That's part of the surrender is knowing that you're always right on time. You always, you're always right on time and you're where you're supposed to be. And part of that, like intuition, right? Part of surrender is intuition, knowing, right? Tapping into that knowing, tapping into your body and knowing like, you know what? I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I'm just going to have that curiosity of like, wow, like I'm noticing that I'm overgiving in sex or I'm noticing that I feel really uncomfortable showing my body to my husband. Isn't that interesting? We've been married for 200 years and I am now feeling like, which is not about him, because let me just say, these husbands will have sex anytime, anywhere, any size of your body. And everybody knows I'm fucking telling the truth. They everybody. love it. My husband doesn't care if I'm a size 14 or a size four. He's ready to go. It doesn't matter when it is. So <laughs> knowing that, then it's like, oh, well, it's me. It's me having this feeling about my body, right? And I love you talking about like just even touching the body, like, you're right. Like, when do you like literally even think about, you know, in your neck upping life, when do you think about touching your body or having pleasure that's not even related to another person? It's just you, you know, like literally feeling the pleasure of just like your skin. Exactly. It doesn't have to be sexual, right? Like, it doesn't have to be sexual. I, I actually was talking to my students yesterday about this and I have a mirror work practice that I I guide women on and it really is about falling in love with your body and touching your body and connecting to your sensuality because sensuality isn't sexual those are two different things sensuality is being present in your body and connecting to the senses and really letting yourself move through the world in that way and I, I feel like mirror work is such powerful, powerful work. And it's not like that Saturday Night Live corny, you know? Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I was like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and God damn it, people like me. Yes. <laughs> I totally so, was thinking that when you said that. No, yeah. but you mean like literally being naked in front of the mirror and and working with yourself. And, and listen, even us saying that, I'm sure right now 20 people have literally almost passed out and dropped their phones as we're saying this. But to just stand in front of the mirror or sit in front of the mirror, I've also heard of coaches talking, and you probably are a proponent of this, like giving yourself an orgasm in front of the mirror, looking at yourself. Like I know that that is incredibly intimate and crazy for some people to even think about but that that is a certain unlocking of you. So so is that what you're kind of talking about? 
Yeah, that, I mean, there's so many ways we can work in front of the mirror, right? So there's different techniques and practices. And I do love the idea of the mirror with the orgasm. I also guide women in just using a hand mirror to look at their, I call it pussy. You know, I don't know how your your people, like maybe, you know, yoni, I don't use that word, your vagina, your vulva, however well, you want to call it. It's not a vagina, it's a vulva. That's what's Exactly, so it's a vulva. For a hundred years, it's a vagina, it's a vulva. Exactly. It's a vulva. That alone uh, drives me insane. I know. <laughs> so, but like looking at her, right, with the hand mirror, just even right. a lot of women don't even look at themselves and see the beauty of them. And, and when they do, it can bring tears to their eyes or they can feel disgust and they have to face their own shame and potentially sexual trauma that they have been holding on to or not have not been able to process right there's so much power in connecting with this part of ourselves so tell me like before we go because i you know i could talk to you for the next 10 years and you know what i'd love you to come back because i actually would love to talk about like the anger alchemy i'd like to go into some different zones with you i'd love for you to come back but let's let's since we're kind of going down this like sexual and body and all the things Tell us about like maybe somebody you've worked with that like kind of is along the lines of what we're talking about and what they were able, like how they came to you. You know, obviously you're not going to say the name of this person, but just like a kind of client success story, if you will, where somebody came to you kind of a neck upper and what they were looking to get and kind of what, how, how you kind of help them through and what they're living with now. Yeah. I'm happy to. There's, you know, different women, like some people will want to come to me because of the intimacy, sexual aspect, but the majority of the women, it's just that they just want to be, you know, feel alive really, and feel juicy in their body and um, feel confident in their body, feel free in their body. So typically, well, this one woman, which is basically almost every woman that I work with, very much like people pleasing, hyper, you know, very sensitive. I'm, you know, basically all of our clients are who we used to be. And so, you know, highly sensitive, empathic. Um, she was finding herself feeling very disconnected from her voice and her power and her full expression. Like, she's just like, I want to be my authentic self, but I feel like I keep on hiding and I don't know how to connect with this part of myself. We did three month container, like a one-on-one and I have the group as well, but the one-on-one we did microdosing, which is such a powerful, powerful, ancient intelligent medicine and tool that I love to use and very safe and that you can use on it every day you know, it's, it's, it's so easily incorporated into your life. And because it works on the nervous system, it helps you to like really soften into your body and ground in your body and help you to rewire your nervous system, essentially. Um, So we did that work. And, you know, I helped them with somatic healing, in terms of inner child work, you know, really seeing and discovering and healing the root wounds. I mean, I go deep, I'm five, I have five, placements in Scorpio. So, you know, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. So, you know, we just, we, we drop in to those things because I consider myself a practical mystic. I'm very grounded and practical, but I'm also working in the energetic. So I like to go in the most efficient route. <laughs> You know, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my clients time. And so what I know is that if we can go to the root cause, 
we can just pull out that weed from the root versus trying to waste our time trimming the branches, right? And so that's the basis of it. And so we go to that inner child who is holding on to whatever the rage, the the grief, the, the longing, you know, whatever it is. And we work through that. And then we also do work on the beliefs, right? Because that's the storyline. Like what storyline and narratives are wow. you are you just is is reflected in your everyday life? And how can we switch that? And then we did a deep dive in person as well. So that's how we can do the mirror work, right? We can bring that juiciness and intimacy into the work. So on the other side, she was like, I can't believe how much I have changed in three months. Like, I did not know that was that was possible. She's like, I feel like a sovereign woman for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had gone through abuse. Like she was with a husband that was actually physically abusing her. Wow. And she felt very much disconnected from her power. So, you know, at the end of the three months, she felt like, oh my God, I actually like love myself or I could see, you know, like the woman that I see in the mirror. And it's just... It's really, to me, unbelievable of what's possible when we do the work in the body, because, you know, there's so many people who will do that come to me that have done all the mindset work that have that do all the meditation, who've done all the therapy, but this something is still not shifting for them. And I find that they're avoiding the body. And so when we can tap into that, things just start moving very quickly. I love that. I love that. And I love how you get to the root because I always talk about, well, two things you said. One, one about getting the root. You know, I, I love when people come to me and they're like, you just gonna just me. I just need you to meet like one time and I just need you to like tell me the things. And I'm like, no, that's not, that's me like mowing your yard and clipping the dandelion head off. And then you just get to come back in like two weeks and tell me it's not working. <laughs> right? Like, totally. You- go after the root of the dandelion everybody knows that you can't just like mow a dandelion down and not think it's not coming back like the next week you know um so it is so important to get to the root and i love what you said one thing i really believe is that people need to be a masters of reframing because you can heal and that is important and you need to feel the feelings and get in your body and everything but when you're talking about the stories you have to become a master at reframing you know, many, many times my kids will come home or, or you know, my husband will come home and he'll say, oh, and they'll, and they'll say that, they'll say something. And it just takes two seconds to just reframe that, to turn it around so that it actually is powerful for you. And really people would say, well, why would you do that? Like, it is what it is, blah, blah, blah. If it's not useful to you, it's worth reframing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You can look at your life as a fucking hot mess with no meaning, and then you can just keep suffering. Or you can say, wow, everything has led to this moment. All that fucking suffering was worth it because look at what I'm doing now. Look at where I am now. Look at all I've learned, right? Like that, that, those stories literally are bullshit. They're just bullshit. They're coming, not even coming from us. And it, it, it breaks my heart, frankly, sometimes when I'm with women and they're telling these stories about themselves. And I'm like, you just made that shit up. Like that is not even a thing. What you're telling me is made up. You've just gotten comfortable in telling that story. So I love that you also work with people because that is a part of this. I mean, you can't avoid it. Like it, yeah. it does have to be both the mind and the body like that, that there's no other way. It has to be both. And, you know, the rewiring is really literally 
shifting the grooves because these beliefs, these stories are deeply ingrained in our nervous system. And so when we're reframing, when we're shifting these limiting beliefs into something else and doing it over and over, right? It's not just a one-time thing. It's a constant practice that we keep doing. Every single time we do that, we're literally give, rewiring. We're creating a new groove in the nervous system. Yeah. And that's sustainable. And that's fucking exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, I love you. I'm so glad that you did this with me. Thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for sharing all the amazing shit you do. I absolutely love what you're doing. And I love your story. And I love what you, how you've reframed. I love how you've healed and reframed and everything that you're able to help people with now. Thank you. This is so much fun. I loved We're doing it so this again. much. Uh, and I was on your podcast, so I'll make sure that I I put that link because I came on your podcast. We had a juicy conversation there too. I'll make sure I put that link in my show notes as well. And you can put this link and we'll just go, people can just go back and forth because you know what? There's more of us to come. We're, this yeah. is not going to be our first and only dance. We Absolutely. Know that. We know that. All right, everybody. Thank you for coming to the show. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye. Bye. Bye.